Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ the Lord is risen. We gather to worship Almighty God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. On this Easter su Sunday, the strife is o'er, the battle done, the victory of life is won, the song of triumph has begun. Alleluia. We gather here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue with our resident congregation across New England by radio at 90.9 FM WBUR and around the globe on the internet at, at WBUR. Uh, Org. We welcome one and all to this service of worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, let us stand in the praise of God.
together, let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, and thus you have come to believe in vain. For I handed unto you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared and he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us read responsively verses from Psalm 118 with the antiphon. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. There are joyous songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiant. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastised me severely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Beloved, rise up in body as you are able and certainly in heart for the singing of the Gloria Dei, the gospel acclamation, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Glory to you, O Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. But today, amidst the twelve, thou didst stand bestowing the peace which passes human knowing. We are imbued today with a resurrection spirit. Our celebration of Easter arises out of the unlikely tomb, though, of betrayal. Think back a week to the voices we have heard since, since Palm Sunday and their rendering of the experience of betrayal. The ancient community expected the Messiah to be a victor, a warrior, a warrior king who would free Palestine from the shackles of Roman oppression. And, as it happened, they were disappointed. Their expectation was not met in their experience, and the sense of betrayal, of loss, lingered. We have Judas, the quintessential betrayer, we think, yet he, with the last name of Iscariot, the sword-bearer, was probably one of those who was not content to let the situation remain in the status quo, and so would rather raise up arms and oppose a sea of troubles. And in his own experience, both as experiencing betrayal, he also entered into betrayal. There is dear Peter, our Peter. Before the cock crows twice, Peter, you will have betrayed me three times. Peter, who though he was charged at Caesarea Philippi to understand what would happen, apparently did not fully internalize the way of the Messiah, the way of humility, the humble entrance to Jerusalem upon a donkey. Peter, who may have, went, have been harboring a hope for some 11th hour refusal, some Donnybrook at the end, who experiences in his own existence and experiment the depth of betrayal. Pilate and Caiaphas engineer an execution, but their betrayals pale by comparison with these, these we have noticed before. And Jesus himself, let us pause for a moment, come Easter, to remember Jesus in the garden, to remember Jesus upon the cross, to remember the depth of his acclamation or his addressing of divine betrayal, his cry in the garden, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And then the creed de cour upon the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The resurrection follows the cross, but the resurrection does not replace the cross. You probably have known something of betrayal in your own experience. Otherwise, as a human race, why would we have the kind of literature through history and around the globe that we have? Why would we have the plays of Shakespeare in full, multiple? Why would we have the 66 books of the Bible, the theme of betrayal, traced through all of them, and you perhaps in your own time have known something of the bitter experience of betrayal. But didn't we, you might have said, have an understanding? 
Wasn't there an agreement? Haven't I been with you 25 years? Didn't my family produce this company? Wait a minute. I didn't vote for that. We know about betrayal. Come Easter, which arises the celebration of Easter out of this unlikely tomb of betrayal, the question becomes just how do we move through and beyond this part of our existence. The good news of Easter Sunday is that there is a warm wind blowing. It may not yet be quite a summer wind, as we discovered in the sunrise service, but it's a gentle wind coming. (laughs) It blows upon us in a spirit of resurrection. The Gospel of John in the 20th chapter provides us four resurrection accounts. One hesitates to call them alternative endings, and yet you heard the first two this morning. The third one was rendered in the hymn in which Jesus on the first day of the week, enters, closes the door, the disciples are behind the door, closed for fear of their neighbors, and among them there is a presence and a voice that says, peace be with you. They recognize his presence, and again he says, peace be with you. And they were glad, the scripture says, and he breathed upon a resurrection spirit. Well, in the first place, this resurrection spirit, first in the risen Christ, means that there is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. And this is good news every day, especially Easter Day, that there is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe that over time, often the hard way, occasionally and more than occasionally taking the long way home, when we will allow ourselves enough time, energy, labor, attention, and particularly patience, we will see the truth come through. The truth, as the idiom puts it, will out. Today we can confess that the truth needs no defense and falsehood has none in the longest run, but it can take a while. With many of you, we saw in our neighborhood recently a fine and new rendition of the story of Galileo Galilei, who in 1633 was summoned to Rome to recant his theory that the earth revolved around the sun. And he did come, and he was found guilty, and he did recant. And yet, the church's decision to convict Galileo did not make his theory false. And the church's rendering of that understanding of the scripture did not make that understanding true. It just made for what in retrospect is an awkward and even foolish looking experience. The truth over time will out. This is a day of new beginnings. Time to remember and to move on. Time to believe what love is bringing, laying to rest the pain that's gone. In terms of betrayal, The first need is to face the truth with the confidence that there is, over time, a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. Second, in the risen Christ, there there is a self-sustaining 
spirit of health loose in the universe, and collectively, over time, again, we learn the signs that lead, the signposts that lead to health. We learn those things that make for peace and health when we will give ourselves over to the attention to salvus, the core of the word salvation, the healing of the nations. And it takes bathing in patience and time. Some of us have not lived a day from the day of our birth without being alive in an epoch that has known nuclear peril. My sisters and I were raised in the desert near Las Vegas at Nellis Air Force Base. Looking back to that far gone period of time, maybe some of you can remember civil defense drills and air raid sirens and air raid shelters and the remarkable notion that third graders could be protected by sitting for a while underneath their desks. I see some of you know the experience. A time that yet over now 60 years, by grace and through courage as a global community, we have found a way to lean toward the things that make for peace and to avoid the worst thus far. May it ever be so. Perhaps you've read Frayn's play Copenhagen or seen it performed. It's a beautiful, imaginative rendering of what conversations might have occurred, not certainly occurred, but might have occurred between two great scientists, Werner Heisenberg and Niels Bohr, during and toward the end of the Second World War. The playwright's imagination is that these two, in connection, in a relationship, friendship, and dialogue, in part, saved the planet and saved the world. The author concludes, the list of ifs is endless, but the effects of real enthusiasm and real determination are extensive in the realm of the possible, which is the realm in which we live, the influence of real determination and real enthusiasm are incalculable. There is a self-sustaining spirit of health loose in the universe. We need to know and learn its signs from our baptism. Last evening we baptized four little infants, beautiful children. We learn the language of health as we grow. We have a 22-month-old granddaughter who spent some time with us at Christmas. And she learned a word in that Christmas time. Speaking of language, she learned the word sign. She did it in a good Kenmore Square fashion by looking out of our kitchen window up at a famous landmark sign, a famous pulsing sign in the back day. We could back bay, we could even call it an energetic sign. I think you know the one I mean. And she learned to say, sign, sign. So that two months later, home in New Jersey, when the television broadcast an interview with someone in Boston set against the back bay, she walked past the television and said, sign, sign. <laughs> the signs of health we learn over time. Speaking of betrayal, let me just ask you this. One of the great signs of health in the personal realm is the capacity to receive and share forgiveness. So, with betrayal comes resentment. And just how long do you want to carry that resentment? It's heavy. That's a heavy burden 
isn't it? Well, I don't need to tell you. You're the one carrying it, if you so carry. It's a binary choice when the gift of grace is offered. Take it or leave it. Let it be or carry it farther. Just how long do you need to carry that little package? For by the life and death of Jesus, God's mighty spirit, now as then, can make a world of difference when love and hope are born again. There is, too, in the risen Christ, in this Resurrection Spirit Sunday, a self-generating spirit of mirth loose in the universe, breath and truth and health and mirth. I feel like I should say loose in the universe, but you remember and you receive. There is a flexibility, there is a, a movement, if you will, that comes when, say, you have left behind that heavy, that heavy burden in a moment of forgiveness. You're, you're flexible. You can shift. The scripture says that the one who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Pope was right that all looks yellow to the jaundiced eye. We do tend to see the world not so much as it is, as much as we do as we are. And Norman Peale at least had this right. Seven very important words are, you can if you think you can. And if you think you can't, you probably can't. There is a self-generating spirit of mirth loose in the universe that guides and sustains us. Today, as a new tradition, at Marsh Chapel, we have lilies for our service. We give these in honor and memory of others. Particularly today, we are remembering Daniel Marsh, whose birthday this is, and who built this chapel and for whom it was named and whose family honors him here in this way today. There's a mirth that moves through us as I was thinking about Marsh and others who formed us I had to stop for a minute and let the sermon glide. There were so many memories of those whose mirthful gaze and mirthful way keep us moving. My two closest friend, friends in the ministry are both deceased now, gone to the church triumphant. One a college chaplain, Dale, one a Navy chaplain, Al, but their mirthful way stays with me. Dale preached for me one summer and he said, you know, the children in the marketplace was his text. He spoke about the Israelites who went to the market and took with them their cattle and their livestock and their vegetables and their fruits and their children and anything they could sell, he said, and the mirth proceeded. I remember Al in a particularly contentious meeting turning to someone who had uh, criticized him and saying, it stayed with me as a good response. Let me see if I can help you get down off my back without hurting yourself. <laughs> There's a spirit of truth and mirth loose in the universe. Roy Smyers, who told me I was young then and believed it, that he had been a chaplain at the Empire Nudist Colony on Owasco Lake. There is such a place, and I asked him how it was. He said, fine. I said, was there anything that was difficult about it? And he replied, wicker chairs. <laughs> There is a, a looseness, a flexibility that comes when you take yourselves lightly so that you can fly like the angels. You know, that kind of mirthful being must have been in the air not many hours ago when a certain college hockey team, right at the end of the game, with less than a minute to go, scored not one but two goals and then one in overtime. That comes from a certain 
savoir-faire, a certain looseness, flexibility. There is a self-generating spirit of mirth loose in the universe. This Easter Sunday, in resurrection spirit, we give thanks for truth and health and mirth, and we ask you, truth, for it or against it, health, for it or against it, mirth, for it or against it. It was a second century teacher, Valentinus, who said the resurrection is a revelation, a transformation, and a transition to newness, which leaves you with this question. Is Easter a weekend or a way of life for the next year for you? Christ is alive and goes before us to show and share what love can do. This is a day of new beginnings. Our God is making all things new. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Here at Boston University, we do know a little something of resurrection. As you just heard, Boston University did win the NCAA Hockey Championship last night in Washington, D.C. 4-3 to three win in overtime. We congratulate the BU hockey team and invite you to join us on Tuesday at high noon. There will be a parade from Kenmore Square to the Marsh Chapel Plaza, and you hope you might attend. We would note that the Marsh Chapel Servant Team will be hosting a penny marathon on the Marsh Chapel Plaza on Marathon Monday, April 20th, and you might donate to help, uh, help them raise funds for the BU House for Habitat for Humanity. You can find about, out about those and all of our other activities on our website, bu.edu chapel, and for those in our listening audience to participate in online giving. We welcome this morning Majestic Brass, our brass ensemble, and thank them for being with us this Easter Sunday. We would note a few instructions for the complications that come with Easter and such a wonderfully large and full house. When we exit this morning, we ask that you exit from the side aisles and out the side doors in the narthex in order that those coming in for the Mass at 1230 might come in the center doors and the center aisles and we can have a smooth transition that way. For those who did order lilies, we ask you to pick them up at the bottom of the steps on either side on your way out. For communion, we will have four stations in the front. The two stations in the middle will have grape juice. The two stations on either aisle will have wine. And for those in the balcony, if you come down to the narthex, Dean Hill will be there with two servers having grape juice and wine each. We invite those of you who are uh, here in our nave to participate in our ritual of friendship, otherwise known as the Red Book at the end of each pew, to put your name down so that we can get to know one another better and be in communication with you throughout the week. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Gracious God, God of life, all that we have comes from you. We thank you for these gifts, and we pray that they may be used for good works that testify to your abounding life and love. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also, may we show one another signs of his peace. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. And on the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has continued in the breaking of bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. Amen. And so with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Alleluia.
Let us pray. Most bountiful God, we give you thanks for the world you have created, for the gift of life, and for giving yourself to us in Jesus Christ, whose holy life, suffering, and death, and glorious resurrection have delivered us from slavery to sin and death. We thank you that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. We are your children, and yours is the glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forevermore.
Amen. Amen.